warning, you know, on the labels. Warning. This could be hard on your health. But there's some stuff in, in our lives that are there, and we think that's just the way we are. But when we read the Bible and we look at the Bible, God tells us that we are somebody who is beautiful. And two weeks ago, we talked about being a masterpiece. God created you as a masterpiece. And sometimes when you look in the mirror, you may look at yourself and think, there is no way that this person is a masterpiece. And I know for me, when I look in the mirror, I look at somebody and I think, this is not who I want to be. There's so many faults, there's so many cracks, there's so many hurts. But when we unveil what's underneath, there's something that is beautiful. There's something that's incredible. And there's somebody who God looks at and looks at you and right underneath everything else. And they see somebody who is just, he sees somebody who's incredible. And you, he looks at you and he thinks, this is the perfect person for the tasks that I have for them. And so today, we're going to look at that. And we're going to find out who the real you is. Under all the, under all the, 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 the skin and, and everything else, who is the real you? And you're going to be amazed at who really you are. So today, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, you know, when life happens... Sometimes life covers up things in our lives. And we, we, see, we see ourselves, and we may see someone who has thought, failed. We may see somebody who isn't all that we lived up or we expected them to be. And we may hear things like, God has a plan for your life, or you were created as a masterpiece. And you may think, well, that may have been the original plan, but look at me now. I'm somebody anything but a masterpiece. See, what happens is this. Life happens. And when life happens, life brings with it things that cause hurts, that cause regrets, that cause pain. And it starts to take this thing that was once beautiful and it starts making it into something that sometimes we look at and we think that is ugly, that is horrible, that is anything but perfect. And many people start to ask, what's my purpose? Who am I really? Why was I created? God, are you, if you're there, why, why did you make this person? Well, today we're going to start to clean up some of the stuff in our lives. And we're going to start scratching beneath the surface and we're going to see somebody who you really are. And that is someone who is beautiful. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. It says there, it's the Apostle Paul writing to a group of believers, a church in Ephesus, and he says this. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. And the first thing I want to say to you today, before we start scratching beneath the surface, the first thing is that God has given you a gift. And that gift is this, a calling. 
Now, some of us, when we think about a calling, we think of somebody who's a professional minister. They have a calling. You know, or somebody who goes and preaches around the world. They become a Billy Graham and they go and preach in stadiums. Or they go to Africa and they reach out to, to uh, tribes and uh, cannibals and people like that. You know, we think they're the people who have the calling. But the Bible clearly tells us that every one of us has a calling from God. We have all been called by God. And a calling is basically this. A calling is basically somebody who has been set apart for something great. Somebody who has been set apart for something great. And I tell you today, you have been set apart for something great. God has chosen you. And a calling basically means those who have been chosen or set apart for something great. But the Bible tells us in Matthew 22 and verse 14. It says, there are many who are called, but only a few are chosen. And in this room today and across this county and across this nation, there are millions and millions of people who have been called by God. But there are only a few who have been chosen. And I believe that this choice has not been a choice of God because God chooses that every one of you would live out your God-given purpose and your God-given destiny. But I believe that the choice is ours. And we've been given a choice to live out this calling that God has on our lives or not. We have been given this choice. And if we start to scratch beneath the surface of our lives we start to see a calling that God has given to us. And so today, before we go any further, I want you to understand that God has called you. He looked at you when you were born and He saw someone who was beautiful, somebody who was incredible, somebody who He had a plan for, and somebody He had called for His purposes. But then life happened. And with life came a lot of stuff. And if you're like me, a lot of that stuff caused a lot of hurts, a lot of scars, a lot of regrets. And maybe I'm a different person to the person that God wanted me to be. And so the Apostle Paul, he told this to these Ephesian believers. He said that you are called by God for a purpose. And then he starts to tell them that... I've given, God has given you many gifts. He's given you talents. He's given you gifts from Him that come. And they're for you, to be, for you to use in this life and for His purposes. And we've got Christmas coming up. And there'll be Christmas Day and some of you will open a lot of presents. Some of you will watch your kids or your grandkids open a whole lot of presents. And you'll look at those presents. And before you open them, you'll see who they're from. Maybe they're from mom, maybe they're from dad, maybe they're from a spouse, or maybe they're from a child. And you'll be like, oh, these are good gifts. Or maybe they're from the rich uncle and auntie who you never see, and they just give you an envelope at Christmas, and there's a whole lot of cash in there, and you're like, these are good gifts. But then you get the people, 
the aunts and the uncles who just knit those crazy sweaters, you know, and give you those Christmas ties and those Christmas socks, and you know, you're going to open them, it's going to be the same old lame gift as it was last year. But you know, when God gives you a gift, God doesn't give lame gifts. God gives good gifts. And whenever God gives you something, it is something that is good. It's like those presents that you get at Christmas, where you know they're going to be good. And God has given you a gift and a choice today. And sometimes you may look at that gift and you may think, this is not a good gift. This is not good for me. But I tell you, if you scratch beneath the surface, this gift is an incredible gift. And we're going to discover what that gift is today. But before we can look at the gift, we have to look about what's hiding the gift. You know, back in the late 90s, all those years ago, right? Like, kids who, like, were born in the 2000s who, you know, don't even know MC Hammer is. I mean, come on, you know? But anyway, back in the late 90s, there was a movie that came out. It was called Shallow Hal. And we all went to see it with my friends. And after we went to see this movie, all my friends started me call, calling me Shallow Al. And, uh, and at this point, at that time, I was, like, in my late teens and uh, early 20s. I can't remember. Anyway, but I was pretty shallow. And, uh, and, and, and my outlook in life was shallow. I used to treat people like I shouldn't have treated them. I said things to people that I regret saying. I acted in ways that I look back on now and I think, oh, how dumb was I. And my friends started calling me this nickname. And we all laughed and joked. It started to hurt. And I started realizing that was I more than somebody who was just shallow? Was there any depth to my life? And just through these names that my friends kept on calling me, I suddenly started digging deeper into my life and started thinking, there's got to be more to me than just shallow Al. (laughs) And suddenly God got hold of me. I'd known God since I was eight years old. I'd given my life to Him. But there was a point in my early 20s where suddenly God got a hold of me. And God took me through a period of my life where He just broke me to pieces. I mean, I was just looking at God and thinking, are you serious? Is this really happening in my life? And God started scratching beneath the surface. And He started taking out all the stuff in my life And suddenly, shallow Al suddenly started finding depth to his life. And I became a new person. It didn't happen overnight. It took months and months and months of just being broken to pieces. But God did something beautiful in my life. He took away the dirt. He took away the grime. And he made somebody who could be clean. And today, there's stuff in your life that I'm going to call your dirt. Everybody hates to clean. If you, who likes, anyone like to clean here? You do? Well, you're a custodian. Well, that's fine. That's when you want to come to my house and uh, plenty of stuff. My vacuum's broke, so, you know, there's plenty of pieces to pick up off the floor. I don't know about you, I hate to clean. Bathrooms are the worst. Bathrooms are the worst. My wife 
she is a Nazi when it comes to bathroom cleaning. I'll go and clean the bathroom. And what I'll, this is what I'll do. I'll get up early on a Saturday morning. She's still in bed. I'll go and sweep right around the house. And uh, I'll clean everything. Then she'll get up and I'll say, Honey, it's clean. So that she doesn't go back and start with, like, with the white glove. and the, you know, She doesn't really do that. But I thought when we first got married, that might have been the case. But I hate to clean. But I know that cleaning is a vital important thing in our lives. If you walk into someone's house and they haven't cleaned for years upon years, that house is going to look pretty awful. It's probably going to smell and it's not going to be pretty. If you woke up this morning and you decided you did not want to wash, well, you know, somebody may, that's probably why someone might not be sitting next to you. But anyway, but if you didn't decide to wash, you may be able to get away with it for a day. But then, tomorrow, if you decide not to wash again, then people might start looking at you a little different. Then by the third or fourth day, you know those close friends of yours are having a word with you and saying, dude, it's time to wash. Put some deodorants on. And what happens is when this dirt comes in our life and we become unclean, because life happens, and when life happens, life just brings dirt. You know, I mean, we wash every day. Well, I hope you wash every day. You clean your teeth every day. And the reason is, is because life happens. And when life happens, it brings dirt. And unless we wash, then people are not going to look at who we really are. They're going to look at our dirt. And the Apostle Paul wrote to these Ephesian believers. And he said... There's a bunch of dirt in your life. And this dirt is covering up who you really are. And this dirt is something that you need to get out of your life. This is what the Apostle Paul said to these believers. And then in verse 4 of Ephesians, there's just a big list of just stuff in their lives that they realize that they have to get out of their lives. Otherwise, who they really are will never come to the surface. And unless the person who they really are comes to the surface, then they will never be able to fulfill what God has for their lives. So Paul says to them, he says, there's this dirt in your life. And what I want you to do, I want you to throw the dirt off and I want you to put something new on. It's like, you know, when you go home and it's time for bed and you get into some, some sheets that have been there for a couple of weeks, it's just not the same as getting into a bed, freshly made sheets. It's comfortable, it's relaxing, it's nice. And Paul is saying to these Ephesian believers, he says, all this dirt you need to start to clean. As you clean your bodies every day, you need to start cleaning your souls and your spirits so the person who you really are can come out. So Paul says to them, he says, it's time to knock off times of anger in your life. Times of anger. Stealing. Bending the truth. It's time to get out of your life. And let me just say, stealing isn't just going into the store and, I don't know, taking a can of beans and putting it in your pocket. Stealing is way more than that. It's stealing people's time. It's stealing people's money. It's also stealing people's spirits. 
by the words that we say. He tells them the bad language that they've been using. It's time to knock off. The rage that they're feeling. It's just dirt. Clean it off. Clean it out. Negative words that we say to people. Clean them off. Lust. It's not who you are. It's just dirt. Take it off. Uncontrollable behavior. Paul says you can control your behavior. It's just dirt. Take it off. Greed. It's dirt. Take it off. Have you noticed as we take these off, they start to affect and they start to pull the other dirt in our life off. And then he says, envy. Take envy out of your life. And he says, dirty jokes. They may be funny, but they're just dirt. And they're cluttering up who you really are in Christ. Obscene stories that you may tell. We find all this in Ephesians chapter 4. And he starts saying, stop talking bad about other people. Stop talking about other people's dirt and gossiping about them. He starts saying, stop gossiping. Stop thinking that you're a failure. It's just dirt. And then there's tougher stains in our lives. Like maybe we've been abandoned in our life and we felt abandoned by our friends. He says it's just dirt. Take them off. He also says that the past of your life, the things that you've gone through, it's just dirt. Take it off. Your fears, your anxieties, it's time to take them off. It's just dirt. Any regrets that you may have, it's time to take off. All this dirt that was cluttering once on your life, and once we come out, what do we find? We find something that you may look at, and you think, well, there's nothing to that. But God looks at this, and He sees something that's beautiful. Something that He created, something that He designed, and it's called your personality. You may say, well, my insecurities, that's just who I am. I say, no, it's dirt. It's dirt that has accumulated from this life. But you, in your purest sense, you are somebody who has a beautiful personality. And that personality is exactly who God created you to be. And He created that personality for a purpose. And that purpose was to fulfill God's purposes in your life. To fulfill the destiny that you have. To fulfill the reason why He created you. And so today, you have a personality. And that personality is the key to finding out exactly who God created you for and the purposes He created you for. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, He says, Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand 
what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. God has a purpose for every one of us. Every one of us, God has a purpose for. And the key to this life is not about having happy families, having a nice job, accumulating possessions. It's not even about just having a peaceful life, having a good Christmas, a good Thanksgiving. The key to this life is understanding what God wants you to do with your life. It doesn't mean that we're all going to run off to Africa or India and China and become missionaries. I've been to Africa. Trust me, they need to clean. I wouldn't want to go to Af- I wouldn't want to go to uh, China. I get sick when I eat Chinese food. But right here, right now, God has got a purpose for you. Maybe He's put you in that neighborhood for a reason. Maybe He's put you in that place of employment for a reason. Maybe he's given you those kids for a reason. Maybe he's turned your life upside down so it is just crazy and you don't know what to do for a reason. Because what God is doing, God is taking away the dirt out of your life so what is left is a beautiful personality. Let me just say, your personality is way better than my handwriting. It's way more beautiful than what you see there. And some of us, we look in the mirror and we just see something that is just plain and ordinary. But when God looks at you, God sees something that is incredible and is beautiful. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. And you may ask, well, what does God want me to do? And I say it's real simple. Just start looking at the things in your life that you may have missed. What are your gifts? What are your your talents? What are the things that you can do better than anybody else? Not so you can make a million, but so that you can understand what God wants you to do. What are the things that people in your life say that, man, I don't know how you do that, but you do a great job at that. What are the things in your life that for everybody else it is so stressful, but for me, for you, it's totally stressless. I remember when we were doing the Thanksgiving baskets. I was like, okay, we're going to give these Thanksgiving baskets to these kids. And uh, I can organize, but oh, I'm going to have to make lists and all that. I can't stand that. I was like, I was getting stressed thinking about it. So Jill came along. And Jill is a list maker. And I gave this to Jill and I said, Jill, hey, would you consider putting these Thanksgiving baskets together, coordinating them. And she's like, rock on, yeah. And the next day, the next week, we come up here and we set up on a Friday night and she comes in with this binder full of ideas and lists and everything. And I'm like, I'm like stressed out just looking at it, you know? Because that's her gifting. It's not my gifting. And the thing is, if I started to do my life and the things that I knew I wasn't good at, life would be stressful. 
But if I start to look at the things that I know I'm good at and then bring people alongside me who are good at other things, then suddenly we start to understand what the Lord wants us to do. And you've been wired in such a way so that God can fulfill His purpose in your life. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become just like him. He says, put on a new nature. Take off the dirt and put on a new nature. Somebody who serves God, somebody who desires God, somebody who looks up to God and say, God, do in my life what you wanted me to do. That's putting on a new nature. And he says, and then you will understand. Or you will become just like your creator. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, he says this. He said, let us create man in our own image. When you were created, you were created in the very image of God. And what happened is life happened. All this dirt came. And you may look at yourself and think, wow, there's no way that God's image is in me. But the Apostle Paul told the Colossians, he says, put on a new nature so that once again you will be an imitator of God or you will be like the image of God. Finally today, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. It says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another. Use them to serve one another. God has given you a gift. And God is desiring for you to use that gift. And some of us, we can't see our gifts. Because the dirt has just come and it's accumulated and it's hidden who we really are. Have you ever gone into one of those houses that it's real dirty? We did a few years ago as a church. And we really helped this young lady who uh, had had her kids taken away from her. The social services had come in and, and, and taken the, the children. And so we went in and says, well, let's go and help her clean up the house, thinking that, you know, there'd be a bit of mess here and there. Well, we went in, and this house was, I'd never seen anything like it. All I'm saying is you needed to wear a mask to go in there. It was so filthy, it was so dirty. And I'll be honest, I looked at it and I thought, they need to knock this house down. It was so bad. I mean, I'm talking this much dust. I mean, you couldn't see pictures or paintings because there was so much dust. There were mice running around the place. And, I mean, it's... and we went in there and we didn't realize how big of a job it was. But as you started to bring up the floors, and we started to scrub and scrub and scrub, and it wasn't just put some water on it and the dirt clean up. I mean, we scrubbed, we stripped. You know, we, we, we did everything. 
we sandpapered. Suddenly we started seeing these floorboards. And these floorboards, we were amazed, they were beautiful floorboards. The flooring at one time was incredible. But life happened. The dirt came. It was never cleaned. And the floorboards suddenly were hidden under all the dirt. And that's your life. Some of you here today, your life is beautiful. Your personality is beautiful. But the dirt has come. And the dirt has accumulated. And maybe it hasn't been cleaned for whatever reason. And it's hiding the beautiful person that you are. And this time, we're going to pass out some papers. And I told you we were going to get personal today, didn't I? But this is a very private matter now. And what's being passed out is a list, is the same list as what the Apostle Paul gave to the Ephesians. And some of it's been adapted into, you know, 21st century language. But I want you individually, just in this moment, just to look through this list. Take it home. And start to identify the dirt that's in your life. We're not all greedy. We don't all deal with lust. We don't all have rages of anger. But I guarantee there's probably something on that list that is hiding who you really are. And throughout this week, and we're going to just spend a few moments so you can look at it now. But I want you to mark on there exactly what your dirt is. We all have dirt. What's your dirt? That is probably the key to you. Removing that understanding who you really are in Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 1 tells us, he said, though your sins are like scarlet, though your sins have, have clogged up who you really are, it says, I will wash them as white as snow. And Jesus Christ came to this earth and he came bringing one gift. And that was the gift of his life. And he died a terrible death on a cross. He shed his blood. And it was for this one reason. So that your dirt could be cleaned away. It was like giving you a bottle of Clorox and saying, go ahead, clean it away. Jesus Christ has come to take away your dirt. And he desires you to be clean. Not, not just because he's got a list of rules. It's not that. It's because the dirt is hiding who you really are. And I know my life. I look at this list. And I'll be honest. I can think of five or six that I can knock off. And those first lot, I'll be honest, they're pretty easy to get rid of your life. Get out of your life. 
You know, if you're drinking too much, hey, you can put boundaries in your way. You know, if you're lusting or something like that, you can put boundaries or you can put things that, that can help you in your life. But when you have insecurities, when you have hurts, when you have regrets, those things are so tough, they're tougher stains. And they don't just take one little prayer and they're gone. They take months of letting God renew you. Of letting God clean you. Of letting God just do something incredible in your life so that eventually that dirt is gone and all that is left is your personality. So just in this moment, let's just be a very private moment. Just look through this list. And if there's anything that's glaring out, just very quietly to yourself, just pray to God and say, God, help me to remove this dirt in my life.